From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 9th of November 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the results of the US midterms. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories before further discussing what today means for America. But first, the results. Voters right across the United States went to the polls yesterday for the highly anticipated midterm elections. One third of the Senate was up for grabs as well as every House seat, a range of gubernatorial elections, state and local races, ballot initiatives and more. As things stand at the time of writing, control of Congress still hangs in the balance. But it is clear that the Republican red wave that many had predicted has failed to materialise. One result that came in relatively quickly was from the crucial state of Pennsylvania. Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman defeated his Republican opponent, celebrity doctor Mehmet Oz, to become the new US Senator for Pennsylvania, flipping the seat blue in what was a must-win state for the Democrats. At time of writing, it's the only Senate seat so far that's been flipped by either party. Voters in Pennsylvania also elected Democrat Josh Shapiro as their new governor, delivering a defeat to the Trump-endorsed Republican candidate Doug Mastriano, who's a proponent of the former president's unfounded claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Republican heavyweight Ron DeSantis was re-elected governor of Florida with about 60% of the vote versus his Democratic challenger's 40%. That's a huge margin of victory compared to his election four years ago, which saw him win with a margin of just 0.4%. DeSantis's strong performance, which saw him win in historically democratic areas, solidifies his position as a party heavyweight and could embolden him to use this momentum for a presidential run in 2024, something that would put him on collision course with Donald Trump. In Georgia, Stacey Abrams, once considered a rising star of the Democratic Party, failed in her attempt to unseat the incumbent governor, Republican Brian Kemp, in a rematch of their 2018 showdown. Georgia's Senate race is also a crucial one. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock, who was elected in a 2021 runoff that helped the Democrats secure control of the Senate, is up against a former football star endorsed by Donald Trump, Herschel Walker. The close race looks set to go to a runoff as neither candidate are on course to reach 50%. With 95% of votes in, Warnock is on around 49.4%, while Walker is on 48.5%, and a Libertarian candidate is on about 2%. Key Senate races in Nevada and Arizona are too close to call at time of writing. If these states are flipped by the Republicans, then they could be enough to guarantee a Republican Senate, especially as Democrats failed to turn Ohio blue in a race that saw Hillbilly LG, author J.D. Vance, who was backed by Donald Trump, win the open seat. Control of the House of Representatives remains uncertain, with some news outlets projecting a narrow Republican victory below expectations. A Republican majority of any kind is obviously bad news for the Democrats, but a small one would put House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy at the mercy of a pretty fractured caucus. Other notable moments include two races that delivered very different results. The state of Iowa re-elected 89-year-old Republican Chuck Grassley for another six-year Senate term, while in Florida's 10th congressional district, Democrat Maxwell Frost becomes the first Gen Z member of Congress at age 25. 
Meanwhile, Michigan, California and Vermont voted to enshrine abortion rights in their state constitutions. Missouri and Maryland voted to legalize marijuana, while Arkansas and North and South Dakota voted to reject the same proposal. Nebraska voters approved a $15 minimum wage while also approving mandatory voter ID. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three of the stories. In just 11 days, the 2020 World Cup will kick off in Qatar. This is already, though, causing quite the controversy, given the Middle Eastern nations various human rights violations. This includes cruel punishments against women who have sex outside of marriage and abuse of the LGBTQ community. Some are asking then why the country was even given the honour of hosting the tournament. Well, this goes back to 2010, when FIFA were deciding on who should host in 2022. The president of the organisation back then was Sepp Blatter, who has this week stated that he voted for the US to host instead of Qatar. Ultimately though, FIFA's executive committee voted 14-8 to 8 in favour of Qatar. Blatter has stated that he believes the tournament shouldn't have gone to Qatar as it's too small of a country. He blames the then UEFA president, Michel Platini, for urging his UEFA team to vote for Qatar, meaning they were given the tournament over the United States. We'll be releasing a full video on this soon. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. The French government has described Italy's refusal to allow a migrant rescue ship from docking on the Italian coast as unacceptable. The Ocean Viking is operated by the charity SOS Mediterranean and is carrying 234 people rescued from dangerous sea crossings from Africa to Europe. It's been stranded at sea for weeks as Italy's new right-wing government, led by Giorgia Maloney, refused it permission to dock. The charity has now asked the French maritime authorities to assign a port for the vessel to dock at. Italy's government appeared to confirm that the French government had accepted the ship. However, France rebutted this claim by saying, the current behaviour from the Italian government is unacceptable. As the ship is still in Italian territorial waters, we want Italy to play its part and honour its European commitments. According to Politico, the ship is expected to reach French territorial waters on Thursday. The charity said survivors are losing the last bits of hope and incredible resilience they've shown so far. Back in the early 2000s, following the attack on the Twin Towers, the US and its allies invaded Afghanistan and Iraq. One of the US's closest allies in the conflict was the United Kingdom, which was demonstrated not only from the close personal friendship between George W. Bush and Tony Blair, but also their close military cooperation in the two wars. Since then, though, both the US and the UK have been criticised for their roles in the wars, with criticisms ranging from the fact that their decision to enter the Iraq war was illegal to allegations of war crimes. Today, via a Freedom of Information request, the UK government has admitted that it had paid out for more than four times the number of child deaths than it had previously admitted to in Afghanistan. In total, the UK government paid compensation for the deaths of 64 children, rather than the 16 that they had publicly acknowledged. All 64 had been killed between 2006 and 2014, and the main cause of death had been being caught in a crossfire and from an airstrike. And finally today, some uplifting news. 
France has today passed legislation that all parking lots, both new and old, with space for at least 80 cars, are required to be covered in solar panels. Car parks between 80 and 400 spaces in size will have five years to comply with the legislation, and those in excess of 400 spaces will have three years to install solar panels. In total, it's expected that this policy will generate 11 gigawatts of electricity, which is equivalent to 10 nuclear reactors. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of what the midterms mean for America, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel. Do you think you can eat too much fruit?